Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast brought to you by NABPAC, the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. I am your host, Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director, and I am joined once again by notable NABPACer Abigail Kate. Hi, Michaela. Thanks for having me again. Hi, Abigail. As everyone knows, this podcast is for you, the members of our association, and our mission is to hear from you, recap our NABPAC latest activities, share best practices, provide actionable intelligence, and help everyone find innovative ways to remain effective during this coronavirus crisis. So we have a great show for everybody today. We'll be joined shortly by the experts who have long fielded your calls on NABPAC's PAC Help Hotline, Trey Richardson of SAJAC Public Affairs and Amy Adams of Dunn Associates. Both are well known to our members because they are always just a phone call away. And when you need that one-on-one advice about innovative ideas for implementing PAC and grassroots strategies, these two are your go-to. We'll hear about what's top of mind on the hotline and my conversation with both Trey and Amy coming up in just a minute. But first, let's check in with Abigail Cave. I wanted to throw back to last week and give you a little bit of an update on the ASAE letter that we talked with Darren Parks from Federal Street Strategies about. ASAE sent us an update earlier today, and they told us that 4,300 signers on that letter to Congress urging Congress to include 501c6s in the next stimulus package. As you may know, are many of the trade associations that are NAPAC members are organized as 501c6s, so this is definitely an important thing to our members. As of yet, there's no stimulus available 501c6s, so that is definitely an issue we're watching and definitely an issue that we care about a lot. Our partners at Federal Street Strategies have been reaching out to their contacts on the Hill, and there's growing support for this issue. It may not happen in this next iteration of the stimulus, but maybe in the one after that. Uh, one of the big issues we're finding is some members of Congress believe that 501c6s exist solely to lobby, which we all know that that's not the case. ASAE told us that 5.19% of resources of most of their members go to lobbying Congress. So that's pretty minimal. Michaela, have you been hearing anything else about that? Well, in some of our conversations, we have heard that most members of Congress, when asked about this issue, were very surprised to learn that 501c6 and other C organizations were not included. They, their assumption was that they were all, all the nonprofit organizations were included. Um, and so we understand because there were 4,300 organizations that signed on to this letter related specifically to the 501c6 organizations that there is certainly growing support in Congress for this legislative fix. Our intel from this week is that maybe not in this immediately next package, but likely in the one after could be a consideration. So more to be seen on that. Definitely a great effort by ASAE and all of the 501c6 organizations pushing to see this over the finish line. Great update, Abigail. Really appreciate your insights from all this going on in Washington this week. And now to Trey and Amy, who are joining us today to really take a deep dive into where our member companies are at during this coronavirus crisis and ways in which NABPAC will be able to assist in seeing them through this time. Trey, Amy, welcome to the Facts About PACs podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. You both are on the front lines, as I said earlier, in helping NABPAC members through our PAC Help Hotline. 
as well as helping your own PAC clients through these challenging times. Most organizations are entering their sixth week of working from home or social distancing. Amy, really curious, what concerns or issues that folks are struggling with right now? I think that what I'm hearing most from people really has to do with the questioning of the timing of everything. And I think um, people thought they would have a better sense of uh, how to approach things right now. But of course, as this whole situation is so fluid, folks are still feeling out the best times to communicate, to solicit, and even to make contributions to candidates. It seems as though everybody is interested in making sure that they're doing their non-solicitation communications. Fundraising seems to be on hold. People were thinking June would be the time that they would bring it up again, but now starting to hear that that might be a little bit further out as well, though there are obviously some people who have gone ahead in limited fashion and had some success. Honestly, I think it's all part of your the culture of your organization to decide what's best for you. I think that has a lot to do with it. There's some organizations that just really don't want to do any communications whatsoever, and then others that are trying to maintain business as usual, um, despite the fact that everybody's working from home. Trey, how about you? What are you seeing from your perspective? Well, I found that there are sort of two different diametrically opposed themes in the market right now. One is stand down, do nothing. And the other is lean in and do everything. I think those who are standing down right now are, are doing so because they believe they're being sensitive to their stakeholders, given the environment. I think this is going to work against them later on. I think they're losing momentum that they're going to need later on to be successful. Those who are leaning in right now, doing the transparency, communications, education, so forth about what the government affairs team is doing, I think that's going to have a greater return for them in the balance of the year because they're going to get that back in appreciation from their stakeholders, participation from activists, and donations from their contributors. Six weeks in, we finally got into the problem-solving space. I think clients are just now getting really getting back into the swing of things. But groups like NFIB, the U.S. Chamber, Emergency Physicians, DaVita, and others, they went from shock to problem-solving very quickly. And I think a lot of that had to do with they already had a plan for what happens if, and they've executed against that. They've also had some unique issues in front of them, stimulus package for small business and big business. They've had uh, medical supply issues and so on. There's a sense of urgency that they've taken on. And again, they move very quickly. I think the other groups, there's several other groups out there are still wringing their hands because they don't have those plans in place. And as a PAC professional, as a program professional for an association or a corporation, it's important we always have plan A, plan B, and plan C ready to go. Yeah, I think you're spot on with the evolution of where we've come from shock to now problem solving. Amy, some of our webinars and roundtables and meetups, we've also heard from a lot of our members that either their organizations aren't allowing them to communicate at all, which has been an organizational mandate. We've also heard that several of our organizations haven't been able to switch gears, even as we look at changing their processes to send out campaign contributions. So I think to Trey's point, there are a few that are still sort of stuck and not really quite sure which way to turn. What do you think we can do at NABPAC? What kind of resources could we continue to push out that might help the feedback that I've been getting from folks is to continue to be provided with ideas, what they could be doing, whether or not it's to help them think through their strategy for those who didn't have a strategy in place already, to ideas about how to communicate in ways that may be different and allow and be allowed in this current environment. You know, March was a time a lot of people were going to send out their annual reports and 
it's a little difficult to send out a report saying, hey, look at how great we're doing and look what a great campaign we had last year uh, when you're worried that people are going to stop their contributions. And so it really was, let's think about this. Let's t- let's change our message. Let's, let's think about what our message is. And a fine line that folks are having to navigate between to show how the importance and the value of the pack without <laughs> exposing the pack too broadly so that they um, people decide to cut off their contributions at this time when everybody's feeling a little more financially insecure. I do think that the resources NABPAC has been providing the survey we did and that I believe that we're going to do again at the end of this month so folks know what their colleagues are doing out in the field. That As long as we can keep showing folks ideas for how to move forward in this new environment, that would be probably the best kind of information that we can provide. The big questions I've been getting a lot this past I would say week and a half is what's everybody else doing? And I think we can be a convener. NAPAC can really help to be a convener and allow people to get together to have those conversations. I think people are are feeling isolated at home, you know, talking to the people that they know, but to be able to talk to the broader PAC community and understand how others are making decisions and other ideas that people are having has been a really great role that NAPAC's been able to play. As you both think about sort of where we go from here. Amy, I'm curious, what is the one thing that you believe PACs should be doing right now as it relates to fundraising, communication, uh, campaign contributions, to be able to stay relevant with their stakeholders and champions? Nobody's going to be surprised to hear me say this, but non-solicitation communications. I think being in touch with folks, showing that you can be a resource, providing people with information to help them understand how this is impacting your industry, how it's impacting your organization. Being a resource during this time, I think, is going to be rewarded tremendously as we move into the future. I think if anybody thinks about the organizations that are contacting them and providing them with the most useful information, those are going to um, elicit a kind of brand loyalty that will pay off for, for a very long time. And I think that the PACs that are going to be the most successful moving forward are those who have made that effort to be a resource for all of their eligible employees, not just their PAC members. I think that's probably going to be the most important piece. I would like to just thank both you, Amy and Trey, for your time today, for being with us on our podcast. Um, Your insight and information is is so helpful to our members, and um, we just really appreciate your time. And to all of you listening, thank you for all of the positive feedback. We love hearing from you. We love to hear your suggestions on future topics, guests, and shows. So please reach out to us anytime. Uh, Abigail mentioned we have a lot of resources posted on our website, including the special COVID-19 section. So please take a look there for updates and new resources for your benefit. With that, I want to thank you for listening today. See you next week.